The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We face a disintegrating economy, a weakened defense, and an energy policy based on the sharing of scarcity. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Now, here's your host, Dan Celian. Good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It's great to be here. And I also want to thank everybody that is joining us for the first time. If you live in the panhandle of Texas, you may be hearing this program for the first time. Parts of Oklahoma, New Mexico, as we've added uh, 24 new FM stations. We're very excited about that. God continues to raise up opportunity for this ministry. That puts us at about 650 stations, give or take. I think I think a little bit more than that, maybe. Not to mention our TV presence. You know, it was amazing that our retreat, that there were so many people at the retreat that watch us on NRB TV. So that was very exciting that people um, are watching us on NRB TV, Dove Television, Biz Television. We had a number of people that watch us on Biz TV as well. So uh, great stuff. There's plenty of ways to access this program through our phone app. Go to Android, just type in FISM, Financial Issues, Stewardship Ministries, that's the FISM or Financial Issues, it's the first thing that comes up on Android and uh, Apple. It's maybe the third or fourth thing down now. I'm not sure, but you can uh, find it by searching Financial Issues. Watch us on YouTube, Financial Issues with Dan Celia. That's our YouTube channel. Maybe you watch us on our Roku channel. We have a Roku uh, channel. And so many uh, younger people, I know my uh, children, or not children, are my adult children, they don't have cable. They have Roku and uh, other, other means of watching what they want to watch on their TV, and they don't spend the money for cable. So maybe um, you're picking us up on our channel that is everly, ever expanding. So we sure would appreciate it. And uh, we, we appreciate the fact that you stay in touch with us. So uh, we are going to let me get to a little bit of news. Not a lot of economic news coming out this uh, uh, this morning, but we did get ADP numbers. ADP private sector job numbers came out. They came in a little bit lower than expected. One hundred seventy seven thousand private sector jobs uh, created. I expect the number on Friday is going to be a little bit below expectations as well. I think we're probably could very well be around the one eighty two. Uh, uh, Mark, in my opinion, that's my number, but we'll see. I may change my mind here between now and Friday, but I think that's, that's about where we're going to be. I think we're going to be a little bit below expectations. I'd love to see a number over 200,000. That would be great. Don't think it's going to happen this month. I think we're going to have to wait a couple more months before we see that on a very consistent and regular basis. Unemployment rate is not likely to change. Dollar is higher this morning. That's bad for gold. Gold is down. Uh, uh, dollar is uh, ages higher. Fed rate decision, the fact that the um, uh, Fed is going to likely uh, continue to raise rates, uh, continue on course, because the Fed believes, as many do, that the economy is far better uh, than it might appear at the moment. But that forward momentum is very good for the economy. 
and that is going to impact the markets, of course. Gold slips back to its three-week low, so uh, gold takes a pretty big step backwards, and it looks like all the U.S. stock indices right now are in negative territory. I was talking to somebody yesterday that called in the program about defense stocks. Defense stocks are doing very, very well uh, so far this week and continue to be on the rise. But it looks like all the futures, Dow futures, down about 21 right now. All the indices uh, finished, closed the day yesterday in positive territory. Oil is up slightly, and oil is up to just over 47 and some change, so oil uh, increasing a little bit. Mitch McConnell says ending the legislative filibuster will not happen. Donald Trump sent out a tweet yesterday saying, hey, look, if we got to do the nuclear option in order to get things done, that's what we're going to do. In other words, that option of a simple majority. I don't understand, and, and Mitch McConnell being an institutionalist, is, is uh, saying, look, the 60-vote threshold to pass legislation is staying. He said that's the way it's been for a long time. For a long time? Why exactly did it get that way? Why has it been like that? And why is it something we've got to keep? It is not a constitutional uh, uh, mandate. And as a matter of fact, the country operated uh, for over 100 years on simply a simple majority. Why is it we can get that? I understand. I understand that when de- uh, Democrats finally get in power, that that is going to come back to haunt us. I know that. That is a possibility. But let's make the economy in America as strong as we possibly can while we have a chance. Let's pass some of the pieces of legislation that America voted for Donald Trump on. Let's get that passed. I think that would be prudent for us to do. Let's do things like we promised, and that is defunding Planned Parenthood, which we didn't do in this budget that's getting voted on today, about $1.1 trillion to continue to allow us to get in that kind of debt. Nobody is talking about debt. We need to address it and talk about it. And Mick Mulvaney, who I happen to think is one of Donald Trump's best picks of all, but Mick Mick, uh, Mulvaney has indicated this morning— that, well, you know, uh, the, the pro-life groups that I've talked to are perfectly happy with this uh, based on the fact that there is going to be the defunding of Planned Parenthood in the health care bill if it gets passed. If you are one of those pro-life groups that Mick Mulvaney is talking about, I would love to hear from you. I know most of the executive directors of pro-life groups. And um, I would love to hear from you if that is how you feel. That you're perfectly okay leaving Planned Parenthood funded by our tax dollars that will manage to see tens of thousands of abortions. I, I would like to hear from you this morning. If that is the case, I find it hard to believe that that is the case. And Mick Mulvaney kind of set it up as if, oh, it's going to happen. We're going to defund plan. No, 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 no. Let's let's explain something here, Mick, that you forgot to go into a little bit of detail. I love you. You're great. Glad you're there. But let me just explain a little bit of detail to you that ah, you just accidentally forgot to mention. 
It may, the new tax bill, may, uh, the new uh, oh, uh, repeal of Obamacare, may reduce the money Planned Parenthood gets as a result of private insurers paying for abortions. It may. That's a possibility. You may be right on that front. But the fact that four or five hundred million dollars of American taxpaying dollars go to support Planned Parenthood, thereby paying for tens of thousands of abortions every year, hundreds of thousands every year, is not going to change. But you, Mick, have changed the subject. It's not what we're talking about here. There's a big difference in defunding. In other words, in case you're not aware of this, Mick, I'm sure you are, but just left this detail out. Uh, It means removing from the federal budget. In other words, removing the things that the federal government pays for every year, things like $400 million or so to Planned Parenthood, removing that out of the budget. Big difference than saying to some private insurers that in certain cases that we don't uh, feel you should be paying for abortions. Big difference. Big difference. What we're talking about is taxpayer dollars. Now, if we want to open up the federal government to support our churches and other Christian organizations and other nonprofits, that's fine. Open it up. Let's spend a trillion dollars in supporting ministries like Financial Issues and others, churches that I attend. Oh, boy. All right. We'll be right back. We're going to get the phones. 866-300-9298. You get the soil ready. You put the seeds in and then you water it. How do you plant a garden? I don't know. You pray that God will give you a good harvest. And you have to work it to get all the weeds away. And then God brings the plants. Planting a garden takes planning, hard work, and God's blessing. So does creating a lasting legacy for the people and charities that mean the most to you. The AFA Foundation is here to help you sow the financial seeds God has blessed you with in order for them to blossom for generations to come. We do this by offering free consultation and assistance in the areas of charitable gift annuities, estate planning, will and trust planning, and bequests. To learn more, call 800-326-4543, extension 345, 800 326 4543 extension 345 or visit afafoundation.net are you longing for more than you're currently experiencing in your christian life what you're really longing for is the power of the holy spirit wednesday on pathway to victory dr robert jeffress answers some common questions about god's spirit and how we can access his power today join us for the start of a brand new series it's called unleashed wednesday on pathway to victory Pathway to Victory, each weekday morning at 6 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. Would you consider partnering with us here in the ministry? For your partnership, you're going to get access to my stock picks every Monday morning. You also have access to our conference call, our asset allocation models, and many other strategies on the website. 
Would you consider being a partner with Financial Issues? Go to financialissues.org. That's financialissues.org. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-300-9298, 866-300-9298. If you want to cue your call up, you're welcome to do that. Again, 866-300-9298. If you've got a question, you can ask on YouTube. You can uh, put that in there in the chat area. Make sure when you go to YouTube that you press that subscribe button. That helps us. We sure would appreciate it. But you can uh, give us a question there, and we'll answer it here um, shortly. But... Um, you're welcome to do that. Okay, so um, we've got all the indices of positive territory yesterday. It looks like they're going to open in negative territory right now. We do have oil that has been up, and it's very interesting to see uh, oil's going up. Uh, primarily, the dollar is getting stronger. The dollar continues to strengthen, and that is hurting gold, to say the least. Uh, House GOP says that uh, eroding support uh, for the health care uh, bill is happening. So they're continuing to see some um, eroding support. We'll see. They're talking about voting on, they were talking about voting on that tomorrow. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to vote before they leave. There are nine days is about up of work. And um, I don't, I can't imagine they would work overtime or stay another day or two. So not likely to see that change. One thing is certain that people are getting sick and tired of politics as usual. Uh, there are, uh, it's starting to ramp back up again to levels we haven't seen now since uh, the Obama administration. So I, I got to believe that I, I wrote a, a, a little bit of a harsh article, I guess, in reference to all of this that, are, that uh, we'll have out on Friday. But, you know, it's very interesting as we look at this, and uh, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Um, and, you know, I think uh, Paul Ryan's days are numbered, or they should be. The problem is Rance Priebus, who uh, is the president's uh, uh, right-hand man there, who is a big supporter of Paul Ryan. Uh, but something's got to give and something's got to change. Uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to see a, a, a Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan both go? That would be perfect as far as I'm concerned. But um, nonetheless, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe they'll step up to the plate and we'll start seeing some action. But a lot of this is going to depend upon uh, what the president does and the president's uh, uh, point of view on so much of what is going on here. One of the things that we don't want to see happen is the president start drifting away from his instincts. He has very good instincts and um, his instincts are being, uh, are, are all about what is happening in, in, from a political perspective. Got to get back to basics. Got to get back to uh, his business instincts. So we'll see if that happens. 866-300-9298. Let me go to Alan. Alan's calling us from Arkansas. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dan, can you hear me? Sure. All right, good. Hey, I'm uh, in my mid-20s, and I have an emergency fund that's saved up, so I'm you know, fairly good to go there. But I have about you know ten to $15,000 or so that I'm not really doing anything with. It's sitting in my savings account drawing you know, next to nothing. And uh, I want to be biblically responsible, you know, obviously, but I was wondering if now's a good time to maybe place that. And where would you suggest maybe I put money that I don't want to type in or into retirement? 
but that I may not need access to for another anywhere 5, 10, 15 years from now. So um, are, are you saving some, you have something at work for retirement, or what What are you doing there? I, uh, well, I'm set up with, uh, I have a, a financial advisor with one of the, the company broker companies, and I have a, a Roth IRA that I contribute to as well, but then this is just stuck in my savings account. Okay. So this is money you want to uh, try to invest, but you might have a need for it in 10 or 15 years. Right. Yes, sir. It's possible that I, that okay. I will need to. I just want to have it available. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I think it's okay to uh, look at a good investment strategy, Alan, maybe something along the lines of, uh, you know, I mean, I like the idea of thinking about some, some, um, I don't know, the, some individual stocks, some good, solid individual stocks. Now, uh, you've been very, very conservative with that money. In, in your savings account, and it's always difficult to start thinking about getting more aggressive. But I think if you really feel as though, if you feel very confident that you have this long-term time horizon, then I think you're going to have to uh, consider being a little bit more aggressive. Now, you can open an investment account at Timothy. You can look at Timothy International Fund. You can look at their uh, 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 emerging market funds and uh, maybe even their Israel fund. That's fairly three very aggressive things that you could maybe do with 15% of the money or so, Um, 5% in each one of those. That might not be a bad idea. And then you could put the rest of it into their uh, large mid-cap growth fund. Now, that's going to keep it simple. You uh, ideally, you would continue to contribute to it. Uh, Maybe you put $100 uh, every other month or so in it or throw some money at it uh, a few times a year and break it up the same way as you have your allocation made up. Your other option, of course, is you go to a broker like a Fidelity brokerage account or something like that. You can still use Timothy in there for some of the more aggressive things like an emerging market fund for five uh, or 10% of your money, but it'll give you an opportunity to follow along with uh, some, some uh, individual stocks, some good solid stocks that um, have a good, you know, future in the next eight to 10 years to do very well. And if you have a well diversified stock portfolio, Chances are you're going to have some things off my buy list that may go up significantly before that, like we have seen over the last couple of years. But nonetheless, uh, might be a good idea to to start thinking about that. So uh, I'm okay. It's always accessible in the sense that you can get it tomorrow because you sell out of what you have. It turns to cash and they'll send you a check or you can you know, uh, get that money easy enough, transfer it back to your bank. You can do that. I wouldn't do any investing, though, with that in mind because, you know, chances are the time you need it and might be down. So you really got to do those kinds of investments that I just talked about for, you know, feeling very committed that you're going to have an 8 to 10-year time horizon. doesn't mean you can't get to it, but nonetheless – to uh, resist from that or not really have the intention of getting to it for the next eight to 10 years so you can give it a chance to grow. So that's what I would suggest 
uh, Alan, I'm glad you're doing um, the the uh, Roth IRA account. That's great. Keep contributing to that because that's what's going to help you uh, a lot in your retirement. Very important that for you young guys that you get involved now in contributing to your retirement plan. I think Social Security is going to look very different for you than it does for um, some of the older folks. And you need to make sure that um, you're able to survive and live and have some cash flow during your retirement years. So thank you for that, uh, Alan. I appreciate it. Let me go to um, Bob. Bob's calling us from Michigan. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. I'm a partner with you there, and I was looking at the three preferred stocks you have at the bottom of your list. Uh huh. To purchase, and my broker said two of them have already been called. Is that true, or does he just have the wrong uh, symbol on them or something? So uh, there are a couple that um, have been called, but he's looking at the wrong symbol because uh, the ones that, as far as I know, that have been called are no longer on my list. So uh, I'm not sure... Uh, you know, but he may be looking at that first three letters of the symbol and not having the right, whether it's a D or an A or a B, he might have the wrong, uh, uh, you know, I might be looking at, at something that pops up immediately that, um, you know, and some, some of them under the same symbols that I have on my list, in fact, have been called, but, um, Right now, I mean, I've got one on my buy list. It's not scheduled. Doesn't mean it can be called any time, but it's scheduled to be called uh, in the year 2021, June of 21. And then we've got another one on there that's 2018. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm not sure. I, I can only assume he's looking at the at the wrong uh, at the wrong symbol. Okay, great. I'll uh, I'll, I'll run it. I'll run that whole page and then bring it into them. So. Yeah. Very good. I appreciate okay. your help. All right, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for your partnership. Uh, folks, you're listening to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Siri. Remember, uh, and by the way, our phone lines are open, 866-392-98, 866-392-98. If you want to queue your call up, you're welcome to do that. Uh, we've got a couple questions on YouTube. Uh, that uh, let me just take a look at it. Andrew says uh, still have a uh, still have Blockbuster. Wow! Um, from from when I was young, uh, they are liquidated. Is there anything I could do? No, no. There, there's uh, there's there's nothing you can do. Once a company goes bankrupt, that's it. I mean, there's people that are holding on to GM stock and other stock um, that they had before the bankruptcy of GM and. Other things, but no, there, there's uh, there's nothing there. So uh, you can, not something you need to be uh, spending a lot of uh, energy on. Uh, Kim has asked me, uh, uh, says that uh, she's 59 years old. She's a partner. Uh, she has uh, money in a Roth IRA at Vanguard. Want to buy some stock from uh, the list. Hold it eight to 10 years. Um, would be uh, some, would use some of the money, I guess is what she's saying, from the Vanguard funds 
uh, that she has. She needs to catch up in her growth. All right, two things, Kim. One of the biggest mistakes people make is trying to catch up on their growth. The reason why I say that's a mistake is, I think you should be thinking about it, obviously. But the reason it's a mistake is when people try to play catch up there, they end up being very aggressive. Because the only opportunity you have to catch up, to really catch up in a big way, is going to be very aggressive. The more aggressive you are, the more opportunity you have for big returns. The more aggressive you are, the greater risk you have of bigger losses as well. So it's a very fine line when you start trying to play catch up. I would think it's a great idea if you have eight to 10 years to be thinking about buying some individual stocks. If you don't, and you're going to need this money, uh, then there's little you can do without taking significant risk. So you've got to be willing to take that risk. We'll be right back right after this. Hi, this is Dan Celia for Financial Issues. You know, we live in some volatile times, and one of the things that we should be concerned about is are the investments that I'm in honoring the Lord? Well, I try to do the best I can to make sure that the stocks and mutual funds on my list are the best out there, not only from a financial and fundamental standpoint, but that they wouldn't be displeasing to God. Would you consider being a partner with me at Financial Issues? For $85 a year, you're not only going to get my stock picks that I update every week, every Monday, and my economic commentary every Monday, along with an alert system and my asset allocation models that change as the economy changes so that you can do a great job reviewing and maybe actively managing your portfolios. Financialissues.org to partner with me in the ministry. You know, if you see a huge group of people and they're all in line waiting to do something and they're all happy about it, don't you wonder, okay, what's going on? What am I missing here? Why are these people so excited? In this case, it's thousands of people doing the same thing. They're joining MediShare. MediShare members share each other's medical expenses. It's that simple. They've shared over a billion dollars in healthcare expenses since 1993, so they can handle your healthcare expenses too. With MediShare, you get affordable options to fit almost any budget. For most members, MediShare is about half the cost of other healthcare programs. You should at least check into it. This may be one of those things you start doing and then wonder, why didn't I look into this a long time ago? What was I thinking? Don't miss out. You can find out more. Call 855-PSALM-23. Now available in Montana. Call 855-PSALM-23. That's 855-PSALM-23. I feel so hopeless. Hopeless. Is there any hope? I I just feel like there's no hope at all. Is there any hope? Get hope. I approached this year's birthday with just a touch of unrest. That's TWR President Lauren Libby. I sensed a gap between expectations and the reality of experience. One Saturday morning, I listed the things I've been asking God for for the past 15 years. And in a column beside each expectation, I wrote to what degree I had seen Jesus fulfill answers. Then, on my actual birthday, I talked to the Lord about these expectations, promises, and heart yearnings. 
As a result, the Lord gave me a sense of peace about my relationship with Him, my family, and relational expectations. Every physical birthday brings you and me closer to a final hope. Need more hope? We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at GetHopeRadio.com. That's GetHopeRadio.com. Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-392-98, 866-392-98. Someone on YouTube has asked me about, they, they said that Schwab keeps telling them that the Timothy funds are closed and no new investors can get in. I am so sick of Schwab saying that. Schwab says that. Nobody else says that. Only Schwab. Timothy, Timothy has never closed a mutual fund. And they n- will never, in all likelihood... That's Schwab's way of saying, we don't like Timothy, so we don't carry him, so we're going to blame it on Timothy as for the reason why you can't get in. That's what that is. So the question is, do I need to just change brokers? Yes. Just change brokers. Get away from them. And by the way, uh, when you tell them to transfer your money to your new brokers, tell them why you're doing that. So uh, it's just, it's, it's so annoying that they do that. Why don't they just admit, well, we don't, you know, we don't handle uh, Timothy or we don't want to carry Timothy or we don't like Israel. So we don't want to carry the Israel fund because it's politic politically incorrect. We support the Palestinians. Why don't they just say that? It's kind of like protesters with mask on. It's kind of like, I got a letter. I never looked at it. So I don't know what it was about, but I got a letter last week in the mail. It was like a three page typewritten letter. It didn't have a return address on it. And so when I see no return address, I look at the signature, no address, no name, nothing. I threw it away. I didn't even read it. I mean, it's just, you know, if you can't, you know, if, if you don't have the guts to include a return address, now I don't know. It might've been a letter praising the ministry. I don't know, but I just don't even look at it. I get too much. I just totally discount it. And you know, so I I, uh, I don't understand why these protesters wear masks and why uh, Schwab just can't come out and say, hey, we don't like anything about Israel. We support the Palestinians and we don't think it's politically correct. And Timothy has an Israel fund and we don't like that. I mean, just come out and say it. But they know in their heart of hearts that they're weasels and they can't just come out and say that. It's a shame. But it is what it is. So that's what I would say. Yep, dump it. Go to another broker. Go to Fidelity uh, Brokerage. They gladly, they're more than happy to put Timothy Mutual Funds inside your brokerage account if you want it. So go there. Anyway, interesting. 866-392-98. I also want to mention, because I was mentioning this person that's playing catch-up. Look, Please don't forget, folks, if you're playing catch up or you only have a little bit of money and you are concerned about creating money, one of the the best things you could do is consider a charitable gift annuity because one of the worst things you can do is take a little bit of money that you have, whatever that amount is, put it in investment, start drawing the income from it. And believing that you're not going to outlive your money, chances are you will. 
So one of the best things you can consider doing is doing a charitable gift annuity. I talked to someone um, last week at the retreat that was mentioning that they've made a commitment every year, starting at the end of this year, every December, they're going to do a charitable gift annuity. And they're going to do whatever amount they have saved instead of saving it in a um, um, IRA account. They're going to save it in another account. They're going to drain it out. They're going to do a charitable gift annuity, and they're going to start over all year. They, I think they had like 20, 25 years before they're going to retire. And I said, well, if you do that for 15 years, you're going to have more income than you know what to do with. So... You know, but we've got to be income-minded, and we've got to be thinking about that. Let's not think that we are going to be solely dependent upon the markets for our income and believe that we are going to outlive our money, because remember, if we are doing that, we have to withdraw money when the market is down as well, and that hurts the portfolio. Now, if you want to depend on CDs for your income, or 30-year treasury bills for your income where you can say, you know what, I can live on 3%. I'm going to put it in a 30-year treasury, and I'm going to do – I'm okay with that because the, the principal is not going anywhere. The principal is not getting – is not turning down and is going to keep plugging along, so I'm okay with that. But if we're going to be dependent upon the volatility in the market – listen, I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm a bit optimistic right now about the economy, not the markets necessarily, about the economy. You could still see correction, but I feel good about the long-term health of the economy, which eventually is going to mean good, healthy markets. But it doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to be solely dependent upon this volatility, either upside or downside. I don't want to be dependent upon that if I'm drawing money on a regular basis to live out of my investment. So you've got to, you've got to find a balance there. Let me go to uh, Tripper in South Dakota. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Dan. Good morning. It's Chipper. Yes, sir. Chipper, so okay. My wife and I just paid off my pickup, and all we have left is my student loans at about $45,000. And I have about, there are about eight different loans. And I'm just wondering, should I be paying off the highest interest loans first or just the lowest amount of loans first? Great question, and congratulations. You're doing an awesome job uh, in really uh, getting ahead uh, by getting rid of that debt. I, this is just me. Most people are going to be uh, different in this regard. I would pay off the lowest balance. I want you to have an immediate accomplishment. I want you to begin to uh, free up cash flow. So I take the lowest balance, pay that off so that you can double up on the next lowest balance and continue to double up, you know, and continue to pay, pay those off. So um, I always, I always like, and I say the same thing for those people with various credit cards and, and credit card debt, you know, attack the lowest balance, get it out of the way, free up that cash flow and put it towards the next one. Right now, I'm not actually paying down on any loans. I'm still going to school. I have like three classes left. Okay. Um, so it's not yeah. like I have a bunch of money going out paying the loans right now. Sure. It's still better. I, I still would do that, Chipper. So okay. I, I would take the money that you have freed up. 
even with the paying off of your uh, truck right now, I would take take that money and start saving that, thinking about this idea of getting rid of this uh, student loan debt. So I still think it's a good strategy moving forward. As soon as you get out and you get a job, you're going to need to be starting to pay those loans. And and I, I would be looking at it from from uh, you know that that perspective. Is it reasonable to think that with an annual income of about fifty thousand to be, to be able to pay off um, forty five thousand dollars worth of student loans in four years? I know that's super aggressive, but is that I mean is that a reasonable thing or should yes should just- no no that's reasonable. I think it's very reasonable. I mean, it really depends. And you sound like a fairly committed and disciplined person. And if and if that's the case, no, I think that's reasonable. I think you'll be shocked uh, at how uh, how how well you do in that regard. So, no, I don't think that's unreasonable at all, Chipper. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, all right, thank you. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. Let me go to uh, George in Ohio. Hey, George. Uh, Dan, I appreciate your comments on the budget fiasco yesterday. That was great. Oh, thank you. Uh, the question I had is I've got a whole life policy. It's with uh, Prudential. We've had it a number of years. I'm disabled, and I don't have to make the premium payments anymore. Uh, the cash value is worth about $45,000. I just wonder if I should cash it out and you know, invest it or, or do something else with it or just wait it out. So do so do you does your somebody need that death benefit? Are you married, George? Uh, yes, possibly. Yeah, I'm married. I, I have a wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, possibly later on. I mean, we don't have any bills. Our house is paid off. Uh, uh, we don't have any bills to pay. Uh, but yeah, it's possible that she might need it. And and uh, how old are you, George? Forty five. Uh, uh, no, sixty one. Sixty one. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I would be okay. You can do one of two things. You can keep it until you notice that the cash value is going down, not up, in a given year, and then get out. You can do that, or um, you could get out now and reinvest that $45,000 into something that will likely... Uh, you can establish a plan in which that's going to grow probably a lot faster than it is going to grow inside uh, the life insurance program. So, the, but, the, but the thing that I would caution you on, obviously, if, if, you, if there's going to be a financial hardship as a result of your death, then you want to insure that and, you know, might mean you keep that, that um, you know, death benefit for as long as you can. But there will be a point in time in which, as you get older, the mortality charge inside the policy is going to start going up, and you're going to see that the uh, dividends earned on that $45,000 that is in there is going uh, to get to a place where it may not support the fees inside the policy. And when that happens, then it starts going down. The cash value begins to go down. And at that point, I think you need to get out. Uh, Dan, I have another question. Okay. Uh, 
my, I called before on this. Uh, my wife's considering like Liberty Health Share or the MediShare plan. But when we uh, look at it, she uh, there's a disclaimer where they actually don't have to pay the expenses you incur. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I mean, so uh, I'll talk about it when we come back from the break here, uh, George. Uh, I'll give you a little, maybe a little bit of uh, clarity on that. You're listening to Financial Issues. We'll be right back. 1952. Congress passed a bill today stating that the president is to set aside a day each year as a national day of prayer. Senator Frank Carlson of 1988. President Reagan has just signed a bill designating the first Thursday in May as the national day of prayer. Those present at the signing... The American Family Association encourages you to pray with your neighbors at your city hall Thursday, May 4th from 1220 to 1240 on this year's national day of prayer. Consider serving with Friendships. It's an all-volunteer ministry providing aid to disaster victims, refugees, and the impoverished here at home and around the world. We're now taking applications. If you're available to serve without pay, you can be part of the crew reaching out to help people in need. Check it out at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. Back in 07, my father passed away. My mother had passed away seven years earlier, and they left me a small inheritance, and I wanted to give back to AFA for all they have done for me. Carol talks about her experience with the AFA Foundation. I am an avid listener to AFR, 12 hours a day, and I hear Dan Celia talking about the charitable gift annuity. I liked what the... uh, gift annuity offered, donated a certain amount, and from that, I get a check every month, which is retirement income for me. If you'd like to support the work of the AFA and receive a fixed income for life, a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation may just be what you're looking for. Learn more by contacting the Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Well, we're talking about um, health sharing ministries to George from Ohio, and George was indicating that, um, you know, some, some of the health sharing ministries have certain disclaimers on them, and I think they all do. I can't speak to any of them because... Uh, any other one but Samaritan Ministries. That's and and the reason I can't. I'm not saying I can't because um, you know for any reason other than um, I I don't I feel good and confident about talking about Samaritan. Number one, my wife and I uh, use Samaritan. Yes, but more importantly, they uh, let me thoroughly 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 vet them out completely. I spent uh, a time going through everything I could possibly go through at their corporate offices, getting questions answered, reviewing and physically seeing certain things when it comes to numbers and finances for myself. And I appreciated that. Nobody else uh, apparently wanted me to do that because they wouldn't return my calls when I questioned and said I wanted to do that. So, um, 
I, uh, but I will say, just read the disclaimers. There's always going to be disclaimers, no matter what you use. Uh, if you were to use Samaritan, for instance, Samaritan and his, most of these aren't going to cover certain pre-existing conditions. Now, they have an incredible track record. My wife and I, I know this month, my wife was telling me in, in some prayer time that we prayed for um, two babies that we um, gave to that had pre-existing conditions that weren't covered through Samaritan, but we we have opportunities to give over and above our share to them, and we did, as so many other people do, and I suspect, as it is often, that these conditions get paid um, for by by other other people. But, you know, so I would look at that very carefully, but they all have those kinds of... Um, um, you know, issues. Um, so I, I can only, again, um, you know, speak about uh, Samaritan. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, I love what they, they do, and I love their transparency that they allowed me to have. So um, I don't know. Uh, all I can say is, uh, they do an Samaritan does an incredible job, and and I I'm sure there are certain certain things. But anyway, that's uh, that's all I can tell you. Somebody uh, just wrote me and spent. They said they spent a couple of hours looking into four health sharing plans. Samaritan is number one, uh, the best by far. Uh, too too many exclusions in others, um, and they went on to rank uh, the other ones two, three, and four. Uh, so anyway, um, that's my experience. Thanks, George. Um, let me go to, uh, another uh, funny, uh, somebody else said they're having the same problem with Schwab. Apparently they are switching to fidelity as soon as possible. I didn't mean to start something. It's just so aggravating to me. It's just so aggravating to me. I don't know why I say, it. you know, I used to always say, you notice years ago, if you've listened to me for any length of time, if people would ask me, I'd say, go to Schwab and open an account or TDM. I always use Schwab first. Well, for years, how about 30 years? Schwab, 30, maybe 32 years? Schwab was my, was my platform uh, in my trust company, my in, the institutional side of Schwab. And I just got accustomed to doing everything on a Schwab trading platform. So, they're not. They're they're no longer that, but they used to be. So, anyway, but uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. Anyway, let me go to uh, Doug. Doug's calling us from Virginia. Hey, Doug. Hi, uh, Dan. Good to talk with you. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Virginia. Beautiful spring day. Mm. Appreciate your ministry, new uh, partner. Hey, listen, I, I had a question uh, regarding reinvestments of uh, not only profits but of also dividends. Um, I, uh, I've got a 457. I went ahead and pulled some of that out into a, a self-directed through my employer. Uh, they only go through TD Ameritrade. So, uh, I'm trying to fill out your asset allocation model and, uh, it, it, through TD Ameritrade, it always asks, do you want to reinvest the funds or put it back into, I guess it holds it into uh, a money market account. And then also, uh, I, I was able to put in, uh, invest in the uh, Timothy plan, uh, the Israel fund. Uh, there was, I think, a, an initial $1,000 uh, investment that I had to do it to open that account. <laughs> and so then when I went to put back, uh, uh, put some more money into it uh, just last night, uh, 
it's it's still flagging uh, this uh, uh, statement that says, you know, if you're a part of this plan already, you got to call us or whatever. It doesn't take uh, the thing. So um, if you if you uh, if you know anything about you know the TD Ameritrade uh, as far as you know putting more money into that fund and and the uh, statements that come up. Uh, afterwards, I appreciate your your take on that. But uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and hang up and uh, listen to you online again. Appreciate you. Thank uh, you. Beautiful spring day, Doug. What's how old are you? Uh, okay. I am 58. Okay, thanks. So here's the thing. I mean, I would not, uh, Doug, I, I, uh, I appreciate your partnership too, by the way. And I, I wouldn't uh, necessarily reinvest dividends. I like to see them going into the money market account. Why? Uh, mainly because I want you to make the decision as to where to reinvest it, not just automatically do it. If all the dividends are going to your money market account, let's just say every quarter you're going to reinvest those. And what you're going to do is it gives you an opportunity to reinvest them in maybe one stock that is down, um, um, for instance. Uh, so maybe you can look at one stock that uh, maybe you have six stocks and one of them is just down 20%, but you still like the company. It's still a good company. Um, there's no reason not uh, you know, there's no reason to sell it or anything like that. You might want to reinvest and buy in specific, uh, buy in low. And if you do that, um, I think you're going to come out ahead. So I like to see those reinvestments uh, not be reinvested. Uh, if, if you have mutual funds in these accounts, then the mutual fund reinvestment's a little bit of a different story, and I'm okay with that. And you go ahead and reinvest those dividends as they uh, happen in, inside into that same mutual fund, and I would be okay with that. But um, as far as everything else goes, let it just go into the money market account, make the decision on reinvesting those um, somewhere, somewhere else. If you were, um, you know, the reason I asked you how old you were, if you were 40, I'd probably say, yeah, go ahead and reinvest. It doesn't really, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But as we start getting a little bit closer to retirement, I like number one is you seeing your money work for you. I, I love that. I love, I love when people can look at a statement at the end of the year and see the dividends that they've accumulated and the dividends that were paid out. And it gives you the idea that, you know what, I was, I was uh, really disappointed in this particular investment because it was down so much. But, you know, now that I look at it and I see that it continued to produce that income, you know, quarter after quarter or month after month or whatever it was, you know, I realize that it's, it's a good thing. You know, I'm kind of getting paid to wait for it to come up. And as much as I say it over and over again, people don't really grasp it and understand it fully until they actually see it happening. I tell people that have preferred stocks, utility companies, and that are in income portfolios, man, take the income. I know you said you don't need it, but take it. Get it. I mean, I don't mean take it, let it go into your money market account. I mean, take it. Let it come to you. You can gift it. You can give it. You can put it in your checking account so that you can spend it. You can use it for your savings account, your emergency savings, or whatever, but I can tell you when you get into that mentality, when you say, well, every month I have money coming in, you start to take your focus off the movement in the individual a stock itself and start thinking about, you know, I got in this for income 
And yes, it is down in value, but I don't really care because I'm getting my income and it'll come back up eventually. And so I, I really like that, that whole idea of thinking about being income minded. So uh, I think, Doug, that that's your best bet. Uh, folks, we're coming on to the end of the program here, so I'm not going to um, take another call. Not the end of the program. Hang in there with me. But the end of this hour, and we'll be back after the break. But uh, in the meantime, let me just uh, go through a couple other things. One is, speaking of investment, I do want to reiterate, I started on it yesterday. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have, I got to have Dan Steiner uh, Dan, if you're listening, email me because I'd love to have you uh, back on the program here in the next day or two uh, or a few days and talk about where we are, what you're doing and, and how things are going in Mission Preborn. Folks, um, I, I've, I've been a little bit renewed in my conviction of this because here we go. We've got a government that is passing, maybe voting on a budget bill today, $1.1 trillion, $1.1 trillion. And they are leaving in the funding for Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood on on the government uh, dime. I saw an estimate yesterday that Planned Parenthood has um, provided 80,000 abortions since the election. 80,000 abortions since the election. Uh, That's what we're paying for. We're paying for that. Now, and they've left it in the budget. Uh, again, this morning, I, I, I mentioned it at the top of the hour. Mick Mulvaney talking about, you know, defunding Planned Parenthood and, oh, they're going to get defunded through the health care bill and all that. That's a bunch of garbage. That's not what we, the conservative voter, voted for. What we, the conservative voted, uh, voted for was the defunding of Planned Parenthood and it coming out of the federal budget. But I'll tell you one thing, we can save the lives of babies. For $140, we can sponsor five ultrasounds. And folks, I am telling you, babies and lives are being saved. We have saved tens of thousands of babies. And we want you to go to preborn.org, preborn.org, or dial pound 250. That is the number, pound 250. You're going to be asked what the keyword is. The keyword is baby, baby, and you can do your giving um, right there at uh, pound 250. Or go to preborn.org, go to my website, click on it, uh, and get some information. We'll be back right after this break. I want to be a nation that is on the biblical principles and the values and the ethics that are found in Scripture. Personal economy, financial issues that you need to know, aligning morality with truth. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia. So we've got uh, IS manufacturing number. Uh, that's the index of manufacturers across the country, not any particular su- uh, 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 state, but across the country. It leaped. I mean, it climbed. It's 57.5 in April uh, from 55.2. Now, look, a, a, a one or two point move 
in that index is fairly significant. Now, having said that, you would think, well, the market's going to react, right? To that. No, well, they didn't, and they're not, and they're still in negative territory. They don't seem to be moving much. But nonetheless, um, you know, that, that is a very good number. Now, that is on the heels of a lousy number that really doesn't, there's no correlation and there should be, is what I'm saying. There, there, it doesn't look like there's any correlation, but there should be with the manufacturing index. And that would be the April ADP number, jobs number. So we get the April ADP job numbers, and it was down. It missed expectations. It was only um, 177, 177,000 jobs. Now, now um, I don't know what the expectation was. I just saw the headline that it meet expectations, but I do know this. Um, it was previously one, uh, 263,000, so a far cry from that. We're at 177. So that, uh, now, so the manufacturing index is, is leaping up. That's good. That's good news. So one would have to believe that jobs, private sector jobs, particularly those jobs at ADP tracks, would have gone up, but they didn't. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there, but nonetheless. So good news. The dollar is getting stronger. As a matter of fact, the dollar is up a half of 1% against the Japanese yen. Interesting. Uh, so uh, that continues uh, to climb. That is not good, by the way, for, um, for, for uh, gold. So we're seeing gold slip from its three-week high. As a matter of fact, it's given back its three-week high. It's down to, a, to its uh, low of three weeks ago or just below that even yet. So the Federal Reserve is signaling that a rate hike plan is intact. So... Some are, are framing this in a way that, well, there's a, to, despite, to spite the, the soft economy. What soft economy? Come on. Look, let me give you an example. What would you rather have? Would you rather have last year's first quarter GDP number? And then last year's end of where we finished GDP? And we could say that about previous years as well. We've had years where we've had 3.2% GDP growth in the first quarter. And then we end up below 2% for the year. Look, we, it's the first quarter. I would rather see us building up steam slowly and gradually because that tends to last longer. It gives some sustainability to the power that that steam is generating. Unlike a burst of steam that is very powerful during its burst, but then fizzles out. So look, I'm okay with this. It's, it's like, I'm okay with stocks coming down, the, the Dow being down, you know, 40, 50 points, uh, and then being up 30 or 40 points, and then being down 10 and up 30. I like to see consistent and small movement.
It's, it's this consistent conviction, either consistent conviction on the downside, where every single day you see the indices down a half of quarter or a quarter of a percent every single day for an extended period of time. And obviously that, that says there is conviction on the downside and that gradual small selling that is going on in the markets generally is sustainable. It's generally going to last. It's generally going to hit a a bottom or a low point where it's going to hang out there for a while because there was there was a lot of conviction to move it down there. And the same is on the upside. I don't want to see a 500-point gain in the Dow and then a 300-point uh, loss. I don't want to see that. I want to see something fairly steady. So uh, anyway, and that, that appears to be what we are seeing. Not a lot of conviction either way. And everybody is waiting for certain segments of uh, um the economy. You know, people are talking about right now, there's a lot of headlines out there about Obamacare, repeal and replace, and on and on, and that's what everybody's waiting for. Look, forget about that. We've got a Congress that's not going to be working at the end of this week for a period of time. They're almost at their nine-day period. I don't, and I think Friday's their last day. Maybe it's Monday. I'm not sure. What happened? to the talk of tax reform, where to go. How many times have you heard me say, it's all I care about, it's the number one priority. That ought to be the number one priority of the legislative process. Forget Obamacare, we can postpone it. Let's wait until we get back in session. We gotta have tax reform. So my, my gut feeling, when it looked like there wasn't gonna be a shutdown of government, even though I was aggravated over the Planned Parenthood thing, I was saying, okay, it's a temporary pause to September 30th so that we can get what is important for the economy and important to get some other things done, and that's tax reform. So now we get the debt ceiling raised, $1.1 trillion in this temporary budget that's going to take us through September 30th, and we're not moving to tax reform. Look, I know how optimistic I've been about the markets. I believe we have the potential to be on the right track. I believe we have a president that has surrounded himself himself with very competent, economically competent individuals. I appreciate that. It's a wonderful thing. But look, all of that aside, we've got to have tax reform. We can't waver on tax reform. We should not be wavering on anything that he's promised, such as Supreme Court justices. We got our promise there. Such as tax reform, such as repeal and replace. I get all that. Such as defunding Planned Parenthood. Doesn't look like it's happening yet. Maybe September. And I want to see the government shut down on October 1st. If we don't get those promises, end of story. Oh, we can blame. I, and there, guess what? If the Republicans get the blame, it is likely because Republicans are to blame. But so be it, Mr. President. Shut the stinking government down. And by the way, can somebody tell me what happened in a negative way 
when we shut the government down? Can anybody tell me what happened? Let me see. Oh, yeah, the military, they didn't get paid. Oh, no, wait. No, that didn't happen. Oh, yeah, the police and firemen, they didn't, they didn't get paid. No, no, that didn't happen. Oh, I didn't get my Social Security check. No, no, that didn't happen. Tell me exactly where the negative was when we shut the government down. Other than it's probably the first time in, in years that we've had things running smoothly because nobody was working. Anyway, certainly long time shutdown. I guess there could be certain things, but I'll tell you what it'll teach. I'll tell you what it'll teach us. It might not us. We probably already know this, but it'll teach Congress is that, you know what? We got a lot of stuff going on in government we don't even need. That's what it'll teach us. And I'll tell you something else that the president needs to do before we shut the government down. Make sure he lets everybody know that if you we shut down the government for 30 days, you're not getting paid retroactively for that 30 days you were out of work. Just so you know, a shutdown means a shutdown, and we're not making it all back up to everybody. Well, that'll get everybody, including senators and congressmen. We'll be right back. In the book of Isaiah, the word tells us the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800-326-4543, extension 345, and our website is afafoundation.net. There's a way for us to pray, and I like to think of this at the beginning of each day. There's a way for us to pray that the priorities of heaven will become the priorities of earth, that the priorities of God will become the priorities of each one of us. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Prayer, The Great Adventure, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Celia at Financial Issues. Would you consider partnering with me on financialissues.org? Go to financialissues.org if you would like to get all of my financial information, my asset allocation models, my stock picks for the week. Be a part of my alert system. Email alert system every week. Financialissues.org to do so. Go to financialissues.org. I know you won't regret it. The opening statement in the Constitution of the United States says this, that we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty. I don't know what part of that we don't get anymore. That was written by men who cared about this country deeply. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. 
Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. 866-392-98. 866-392-98. If you want to queue your call up, you're welcome to do that. Well, I started something on uh, YouTube. You have to go to my YouTube channel and see what I started there. But uh, that's good. That's fine. That's great. You know, uh, that's what we, it's exactly what we have to do. We've got to uh, stand up and challenge those that uh, go against our beliefs, our morals, our convictions. All right, let me go to John. John's calling us from Illinois. Hey, John. Good morning, Dan. I appreciate being able to talk to you today. Thank you. Um, I have just hopefully two quick questions. Um, you confused me a little bit answering a caller the other day. I uh, was buying the 7 for 17, and my plan was to add a little bit to it each month. And I, I thought I understood you tell a caller uh, only to buy add to your positions if they were down or if they were on your buy list. And some of those 7 for 17 are up and no longer on the buy list. And I was wondering if I should still be adding to them. No, I wouldn't be adding to them if they're not on the buy list. No. Uh, I would. I, my goal with 7 for 17 was the same as it was for 6 for 16, and that was that you would make those things – uh, those stocks, a core position in the foundation of your portfolio. Now, there were a lot of people, um, from what I understand, based on emails, that uh, had planned uh, on, on you know, maybe, maybe adding those sometime through the course of 2017. And I that was my fault, I guess, because... Um, I didn't make it clear that what they were, I thought I did. I mean, I have to go, I'd have to go back and read the alert, but so, uh, I'm, I, I would, and I'm not saying it's a wrong thing to add to them, uh, because they're long-term core pieces of your, um, um, uh, portfolio, but some of them are, uh, have been up and are up considerably, so, no, I wouldn't add to them. If they show back up on the buy list and you want to add to them, then I think that's fine. But aside from that, you know, I would, I would stick to what you have and, and then add other things around them in your portfolio, if that makes sense, John. Yeah, great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, I also, about two years ago, I purchased a stock uh, and the symbol was NRG. And searching your list, it, it's not even on your broad list anymore. And I'm, and I know you switched websites, so I didn't know if I missed an alert to sell that or if it was just an oversight. Yeah. So um, NRG was uh, at, well. NRG is went through some uh, a, a difficult time, and they're still struggling from it. I, I'm trying to look to see. Um, but they they um, struggled from it. But I'm trying to remember, and I took them off. I remember specifically taking them off my buy list, and um, but they should not have been off my broad list. And I'm I'm just looking. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find. I, I keep a spreadsheet of of all of that, and. Uh, mm. It's interesting because I was just looking at them Monday. So they're still on my, so they've got to be still on my spreadsheet 
that I do, that I run, I run a series of events over the weekend based on this uh, uh, piece of software that was developed for me uh, on everything on my list. And they're still on that list. So it must be just an oversight. Somehow they slipped through the cracks on my broad list. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take care of that. I'm glad you called me, John. Thank you for that. Um, but right, well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And you have a great day. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. 866-300-9298. By the way, NRG is a, is a utility stock, um, a primarily utility stock. They're one of the rare, they're one of the few ones that aren't uh, what I would consider in the category of income. Uh, they're not necessarily income producing. They don't pay much of a dividend, uh, practically nothing at all, and they're more on the growth side of things. They have a very high P.E. right now, higher than they should. They've outperformed for the year what they should. They're still doing okay for the year, but uh, wouldn't be on my buy list, but they should still be on my broad list. So uh, if you're one of those people that own the company because it was on my buy list, like John, uh, then, uh, and, you're, and you're wondering the same thing. Uh, I, I apologize for that. It slipped through the cracks. Anyway, let me go to Dave. Dave calling us from Indiana. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey Dan. So I've got a couple quick things. Um, number one, I just wanted to echo what you were saying earlier just about your younger listeners to get involved and get started saving early. It's one of the things I didn't do too much. I'm 37 now, and in the past seven, eight years after listening to you, you got started and you know, love it. Even now, I've, I've been able to put away about 100000 in a 403B wow. through work. And so my question is about that. They recently made some changes it's through Fidelity, but now they're allowing us to actually go broadly into the market and pretty much pick anything that we want. And so I want to get out of the life cycle funds, everything non-biblically responsible that I've been in, and get into probably doing something through Timothy. I'm going to become a partner with you to get all your allocations and so I don't need to go into that. But my question is, if you say put you know, 20% here, 30% here, 40% there, with 100000 that I've got, do I just automatically go in there? Or is that something that even going into mutual funds, I should you know, go in a little bit at a time, you know, so much every quarter? Yeah, I mean, I would be okay. I mean, you could spread it over four, four or five months if you'd like. But, you know, because of your age, Dave, I would just go ahead and start for filling out that asset allocation model as those things come due. So Timothy, it's interesting because yesterday the asset allocation model for Timothy for your age group changed a bit. Um, It became a little bit more aggressive. You'll see a new position that was added on there. You won't um, because you haven't seen it yet, but um, there's a new position that that I've added there that I think is very important for your age group. So anyway, um, so I would be okay because of the fact on a 401k uh, and your age that you're 403b that you're continuing to add to it every payday. I would just go ahead and and get that asset allocation model. And by the way, your organization, I don't know who you work for, but your organization has done the employees a great service and has been extremely thoughtful on what they've done. And this is exactly what I've tried every time I speak to a board that either is privately uh, held or publicly held, and I have an opportunity to speak to them about the investment strategies of the 401k. 
I am totally baffled as to why all companies aren't doing self-directed IRAs like the ones that you're talking about that, that your organization is doing. It makes no sense to me not to do that because, number one, it removes any liability that that organization is going to have. And uh, it gives you the opportunity to be able to track with someone like me or someone else that you might trust or whatever to really develop a portfolio that's going to be good for you in the future. So you have a wonderful, you have a wonderful opportunity ahead of you, Dave. You're young and you have opportunities to really develop a great, diversified, biblically responsible uh, strategy moving into the future. And I'm telling you, it's going to serve you well. I can guarantee you it's going to sell you well, serve you well. So that's great news. Thank you for that, Dave. I hope that helps a little bit. Um, let me go to Kimberly in Texas. Hey, Kimberly. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a partner, and uh, I just wanted to thank you for everything you've done for me. I've um, been with you a couple of years and have grown um, a lot in how to handle everything money-wise. But I had a question for you. I back in January, I bought. Um, I got about ten and a half percent into a mutual fund that has changed into the cash sector right now, and I do see a new position under the forty-five and fifty-five age group. I'm wondering if I should move that into that new position. How, what is the percentage of it? The new. Uh, uh, so, uh, wh- so, what the percentage mutual fund that I had? Yeah. Was ten and a half percent. Ten and so a half a percent. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think that's okay to move in at uh, whatever the percentage or waiting percentage is for you for your age group there. But yeah, I think it's an okay thing to do, and I I wouldn't have a problem with you doing that at all. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. All you right. Have a good day. Thank you. You're right. welcome, Kimberly. Let me go to Victor. Victor calling us from Oklahoma. By the way, we have two lines open: eight six six three hundred ninety two. 98. Hey, Victor. Thanks for taking my call, Dan. Sure. Um, I'm kind of new to this program. Uh, they just recently put it on the radio station that I listened to at Amarillo, and I was just asking um, if you could recommend some mutual funds or some stocks I could invest in. How old are you, Victor? Um, I will be... 49 this year. And uh, so, Victor, do you have either at work or an IRA, an individual IRA or anything like that yet? Uh, no. Okay. So wh- My, the job well, that I work at does not offer that. Okay. And so here's what I would say to you, uh, Victor, and I, I think this is uh, would be a great place to start. I think that you ought to consider opening up a Roth IRA account. So there's two types of IRAs. One is a Roth, one is a traditional. And I think if you could go to uh, a place like you could, now you could do it through a mutual fund company. Now, I only, I, I know you're new to the program and welcome. It's really exciting. And we just went on that station on Monday. So uh, it's great that, that uh, you're calling in. I, I, I know that you haven't listened long, but there's a mutual fund company and you can go online, timothyplan.com. 
I recommend them mainly because they're biblically responsible. So what we try to do here, uh, Victor, is we don't want to encourage we want to encourage people to not invest in abortion and pornography and gambling, those kinds of things that would be offensive to God. So I would open a Roth IRA account. I'm I'm, I'm up against a break. So when I come back, keep listening and I'll give you uh, some more information on what I think uh, would be a good good way to get started. Uh, Folks, we'll be right back after this, 866-300-9298. Hi, this is Dan Celia for Financial Issues. You know, we live in some volatile times, and one of the things that we should be concerned about is, are the investments that I'm in honoring the Lord? Well, I try to do the best I can to make sure that the stocks and mutual funds on my list are the best out there, not only from a financial and fundamental standpoint, but that they wouldn't be displeasing to God. Would you consider being a partner with me at Financial Issues? For $85 a year, you're not only going to get my stock picks that I update every week, every Monday, and my economic commentary every Monday, along with an alert system and my asset allocation models that change as the economy changes so that you can do a great job reviewing and maybe actively managing your portfolios. Financialissues.org to partner with me in the ministry. How would you describe your health care? If you're like most Americans these days, the word affordable isn't top of mind. Well, here's some good news. There's actually a trusted health care option that is affordable. It's called MediShare. Unlike insurance, MediShare is Christian Healthcare Sharing, a community of more than 200,000 believers across America who share each other's medical expenses. It's about half the cost of insurance, and it's fully acceptable under the law. And here's the best part. Because MediShare is based on biblical principles, you never pay for things that go against your beliefs. MediShare is affordable healthcare for Christians. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your healthcare. For your free information guide, call 855-PSALM-23. Now available in Montana. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 855-PSALM-23. That's 855-PSALM-23. This is Barry McGuire. I'm a car guy, and I love to lead people to Jesus Christ as a layman outside the walls of the church. Even though it's unscriptural, the term some send and some go remains one of the most dangerous mindsets in the church today, perpetuated by ministry leaders who allow their need for funding to overcome their need to minister to those supplying the funding. And it's so seductive for lay people to enjoy a proliferation of entitlements from luxury resorts and cruises to names on buildings for mega giving and an elevated status for exceptional giving in local churches, making it exceedingly easy to be honored by Christians without being a Christian, without either side knowing it. Tragically, less than half of all regular church attenders have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's why the sharing of your faith actually begins inside your church with the people you know. Your job is to ignite revival outside the walls of your church by moving everybody you're with today closer to Jesus. If you want to know how easy that is, go to ROTW.com. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia, 866-300-9298, 866-300-9298. If you want to cue your call up, you're welcome to do that. I was talking to Victor, Victor from uh, Texas. And Victor, so 
You know, the best thing you can do, and what I'd like to see you do, Victor, is begin to uh, start with an IRA account, a Roth IRA account. Now, you can go to timothyplan.com and open an account up. They'll walk you through it. You, they'll help you do that. Uh, I'll give you their phone number in a minute. But you can go there and st- tell them you want to open a Roth IRA account. Now, what you want to do is set it up so that if you get paid every other week or every week or whatever, and it's automatically put in your checking account, then I would want you to have it set up so that automatically every other week or every payday that an amount of money that you can afford, whatever it is, $10, $20, whatever it might be per pay automatically goes into this Roth IRA account. Now, if you have some money saved other than emergency savings, it's important to have that set up first, but if you have some money saved and you want to start out with that amount of money in this Roth, that's fine. And then every pay, you have a little bit of money coming out. The the reason I want you to do that is because it develops a discipline, and I want you to begin developing the discipline. You're at the age where it's really important that you get started and think about your retirement. So I want you to really start developing that discipline of every month coming, going in. Now, I would suggest that you just put it into their large mid-cap value fund. They'll know what that means, large mid-cap value. And then again, every pay, a little bit's going in there. So um, that would be a great place to start with that IRA and, and get in that habit of saving something for your retirement every single payday. So you could call them. It's 800-846-7526, 800-846-7526. So uh, that would be my suggestion to you on that, Victor. I hope that helps. By the way, somebody's asking me about um, uh, a symbol, an energy company, a utility company, and what I thought about it. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, this is a very, very small company. It's very volatile. The, um, uh, the alternative that you, they do have it, one preferred. It is not the symbol that you indicated. What you indicated is a warrant. I would not, I would stay away from that. And I'm not crazy about the common share or the preferred. The reason I don't like their preferred, they do have a preferred, and it pays about, you know, over 5%. The thing I don't like about it is that it's, it's, there's no stated call date, but more importantly, it's convertible uh, to common stock. So I, I don't like that. I would stay away from it. Um, the stock is gotten hammered this year. I mean, it's down. It's one that I'm following because I've been contemplating. It is biblically responsible and I've been contemplating adding it, uh, to, to the, um, uh, I was contemplating adding the preferred and, uh, decided against it, but I may add the common share, but it is very, very, uh, it is very, very volatile, volatile. And so I'd want you to think, um, you know, real long and hard about that. Uh, they're a small company, and I, I'd rather see you um, uh, think about something else if you want to get into to a utility. I have some great utilities on my list. I have some great, um, I have some great uh, uh, preferreds on my list that pay as good, if not better, dividend 
and they're a little bit more uh, stable. Let me go to Lamar in Alabama. Hey, Lamar. Lamar? Hello? Yes, sir. Yes. I, I, I'm a partner. I have a question about the national debt. How concerned are you about the national debt? I know it's not good, but uh, I'd like to know when when would we consider this to be a crisis? Or, or yeah. you know, I'd like to get your thoughts about that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Lamar. Thank you. Um, so I talked about this yesterday, uh, and yesterday my comments were, uh, are we going to start talking about this or not? Because we can't keep blowing it off. And do I think it's crisis? No. I don't think it's crisis. Not yet. I don't think it's crisis mode. Uh, I don't think we need to be in, in the sky is falling in and around the national debt. But what I don't want President Trump to do, the, the, the whole 535-member body of Congress on Capitol Hill is bought into this notion because they have been sold a bill of goods. But I don't want President Trump and his very conservative private sector advisors to buy into this. I want them to stick to the notion that income is good, debt is bad. And so, and the notion I'm talking about is that everyone in Congress has been conditioned to compare our debt to GDP ratio to China and to Japan. And they and and what the lobbyists and everybody else has said to them was, oh yeah, it's no big deal. We've got you know we're a hundred percent debt to GDP. Actually, we're a hundred and two, but they say seventy eight because they use a different set of calculations than I do. But they use seventy two or seventy eight percent debt to GDP ratio. And then they say, look at China, look at Japan. Japan has been thriving or getting along just fine, and they're 300% debt to GDP. And China is 500% debt to GDP. Here's the thing. If you're going to use those examples, then you need to teach the entire body of Congress the difference between an economy that is based on exports and an economy that is consumer-driven like we are here in the United States. Our economic structure of America is very, very different than the economic uh, system of Japan or the communist nation of China. Very different. And you cannot compare, you cannot use one uh, example of debt to GDP without using the proper comparison as to the kind of economic structure they have. We don't do that. Because that wouldn't be able to keep the wool over the eyes of the economically inept Congress that they've been able to do. So, I would say this. Am I concerned? Yes. And I said yesterday, we have to talk about this. We cannot continue as we may vote today on a $1.1 trillion uh, uh, um, debt ceiling limit. We cannot continue to raise it and vote on it and never talk about the $20 trillion worth of debt that we already have and talk about the the uh, $188 trillion of unfunded liabilities. Again, that's my numbers. Most numbers are bigger than that. But we can't, we can't just go and pretend like as if this hasn't happened. So I would love to see the president say, look, 
We know we have this debt. We also know that if we can create a pro-growth environment and manage to shrink the size of government and keep government at a reasonable size and not grow every time we see uh, money coming in and spending on pet projects, then we are going to get the debt under control. And we could actually see the debt clock starting to go backwards. But he needs to articulate that, and he needs to stay strong on the notion that we have got to do something about the debt. Frankly, uh, Lamar, I think that um, the president is already beginning to drift off of of that. And we need uh, to uh, drive that home and hear some more about what we are doing on the debt. It's extremely important for the future generations of this country. I am in the camp. I am in the same camp as the the president is and the majority of his advisors that a free market economy that is allowed to expand and grow without having its profits demonized and taxed to death and without being overly burdened with regulation will will grow an economy at extremely large proportions, which is going to begin to fill the coffers of the Treasury. I get that, and I'm with him on that, and I believe that as well. But I do believe that he needs to keep his eye on the debt and let the American voter know that this is still going to remain a concern and a priority of him. I think that's going to serve him well for future elections. It's going to serve the Republicans well for future elections, because when you look at from an economic perspective of what separates Democrats from Republicans, that has to be one of the key planks of every platform in every Republican that is running for office. And they need to maintain that separation from the tax and spend mentality of the Democrats. So I think it's very important. I don't think it's a crisis. The guys that are selling gold, the guys that are selling books, the guys that are selling newsletters believe it's a crisis. And they will always believe it's a crisis. They said in 2000 and. 2000, that the world was coming to an end uh, economically, economic Armageddon. They said it in 2004. They said it in 2008. They said it, you know, as recent as today. They continue to say it. They have made millions of dollars by saying that. It's getting close. It's not good. We're still not at crisis levels, but we do need to keep our eye on the target. I was very critical of President George Bush in the last two years of his presidency from an economic perspective because he took his eye off the target of domestic economic policies, and it was very disturbing to me. I don't want to see that happen. Thanks, Lamar. I appreciate it. Folks, we'll be right back after this. 866-392-98. Physicians keep learning after medical school in order to better save lives. Shouldn't Christian leaders keep learning to better save souls? Hi, I'm Dr. John Nyhoff, President of Wesley Biblical Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, and online around the world. 
Are you a Christian leader who thinks it's important to keep learning? WBS online weekend and evening classes allow graduate students to become better equipped to make disciples in a constantly changing world. For more information, visit wbs.edu. American Family Association, a ministry with a mission to inform, equip, and activate people like you to strengthen the moral foundations of American culture and to give aid to the church here and abroad in her task of fulfilling the Great Commission. We couldn't do it without your day-to-day support. Together, we are making a difference. American Family Association. Find us online at afa.net. Dan Celia of Financial Issues. You know, there's probably never been a more important time in our economy to be thinking about a charitable gift annuity. I hope you'll do that just to shore up, to firm up some more income, permanent income, income that you can count on for the rest of your life while you're doing the Lord's work. A charitable gift annuity has been something I've been talking about for 25 years. Finally, we're seeing even mainstream start to get on board with the merits of charitable gift annuities. I hope you'll consider it. You can call the AFA Foundation. Someone there will help you work through the details and find out whether you qualify for a charitable gift annuity. Call and speak with a representative of the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Somebody's asking me a question on YouTube uh, about a particular stock, uh, Under Armour. Uh, should, it, should, should they be adding to it at these low prices? No, I wouldn't add to it yet. I am watching this stock very, very closely. Let me tell you the positive first. The positive is we've had 30 days of positive movement on the stock. The momentum is beginning to get better. I got to see another 30 days. I'm sorry, but I'd like to see another 30 days. I don't mean 30 days of every day for the next 30 days of it going up. That's not what I mean. What I mean is I would like to see at the end of this month, it, it still be in positive territory when we look back over the last two months. So I don't know. I don't know, maybe I confuse you. So let me, let me say it another way. So at the beginning of June, I would like to see a chart of this stock and see the last two months it being in the green, in positive territory. That's going to be one indication that we may start wanting to think about it. The other thing is I have um, decided to examine the full detailed uh, first quarter statement um, of, of this company. And that means all the management letters, everything, things that aren't uh, available to the general public that are, or that are available uh, to me through some uh, other avenues. So I, I want to look at that. I think that's very important. I like the company. I love the company. I like the president, I like the CEO, I like the management. Uh, but they've got some lawsuit issues that I want to make sure are settled and put behind them. I don't know if you can ever make sure of that, but we're looking at those kinds of things too. So I don't know. I can't say to be buying it. It is a low level, 
for the company, no doubt about it. When you um, uh, look at it, though, the stock purely from enterprise market capitalization value, um, you know, is is okay, but could still be considered by some accounts uh, a little bit overvalued. But we're we're going to watch it a little bit uh, closer before I say to pull the trigger. Uh, and get it back on my buy list. So keep watching the buy list. Let me go to Denver, Mississippi. Hey, Denver. Hey, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, I, uh, the question I have for you is I've got a niece and some nephews and grandkids are on the way. And um, looking at tr- the best account to set up for them uh, for their future. Seed money, I'll do monthly investment, and then an appropriate age uh give that to them or bequeath it to them somehow, what would you recommend for that? Yeah. So, I mean, what I normally say, um, Denver is I like the idea of having a separate account that is for, let's say grandchildren. Um, so you have a separate account, you know, obviously that that's the account you've established for your grandchildren. You can put them on the account as beneficiaries, but not necessarily put their name on it, but put them on as beneficiaries, or you can just do that in your will. But nonetheless, um, set that uh, set that account up. That gives you total control over it. You lose some tax advantages that you might have if you made that, if you set up separate custodial accounts. There is an um, a way that you can set up a, uh, an UGMA account. It stands for Unified Gift to Minors Act. It's an IRS act. And you can set these accounts up uh, in their name and your name. And at age 15, the account, the gain in the account, and dividends and things like that switch to their Social Security number. So obviously the taxes on those things gets reduced. And uh, and they will gain control of the account when they're 18. You lose some flexibility in what you can do and how you can gift that money, number one. And you also could uh, uh, hurt them someday if they go to apply for certain scholarships or grant money or other things because they have money now in their name and they've got to report that. And it's going to show up because their Social Security number is on that account. So I I don't know. I like the idea more than anything of you having the total flexibility. So I like the idea of having an account that is separate. Maybe you want to, maybe you already have a brokerage account. You want to open it the same brokerage account, you know, maybe on the new account for the children or the grandchildren, you change your, you know, you leave out your middle initial. Uh, Maybe you put something behind your name. You can put, um, you know, a number two or number one or something so that you, you, you know, the, the statements are distinguished, uh, uh, distinguishable between your regular one easily. But I, I would rather see that. Now, if you've got a number of nieces and nephews, if you've got a number of grandchildren and things like that, that you want to include, it gets a little bit more cumbersome, a little bit more difficult. Uh, and you may not want to do that in just one account like you would for children or grandchildren, but, I would I would rather see it done as an account in your name. And uh, I think it makes more sense, especially, and I like the idea of you having the 
notion to be gifting that on, uh, through certain events of their life and not leaving it to them. Because if you're leaving it to your grandchildren, there's a generational skipping tax uh, that maybe all of that's going away. It looks like the estate taxes could possibly be going away. We don't know. So the, the tax codes could all change and all this might conversation might be a moot point. But nonetheless, for now, that's how I would look at it, Denver. Okay, thank you very much, Dan. You have a great day. You're welcome. I sure appreciate it. Let me go to uh, Jimmy Lee in Texas. Good morning, How Jimmy Lee. Doing, How Dan? are you? How are you? Good morning. How Good morning. are you? Good. My question is this. I'm 54 years old. I just got on with a pretty good company, and I'm making an investment in the 401. Okay. Do I put a certain percentage in now? At the moment, I'm doing 5%, and I would like to become part of y'all program here. Uh, on the beginner's plan, I heard you spoke sure. on Timothy plan. How now, do I get a chance to invest in that? Is is the company matching anything, Jimmy Lee? Yes, they are okay. matching five percent. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's that's great. That's great that you have a company that's doing that. So you can do one one or two things. You now do the five percent like you're doing because you want to get the free money, obviously. Uh, so you want to continue to do that. That really helps your account. The other thing I would say to you, Jimmy Lee, is that you be fairly aggressive. I wouldn't be too ultra conservative, um, but, you know, maybe have, I don't know where that money's going and what they offer, but I would want to be fairly aggressive. And then what you could do for anything additional, say you, you, you can put, 7% 7% of your pay in that maybe you take the 2% that's not being matched and you put it over into this, uh, an IRA account, like a Roth IRA account that you can start somewhere else. You can know you can be biblically responsible, honoring God with that money. And that's going to continue to grow to help you with your retirement as well. And so that may be uh, a great plan to do something like that. And you can do that either on your own. You can do it at the bank. You can put it in CDs. You can open a Roth account pretty much anywhere and pretty much put any kind of investments in it you want. I was suggesting to that caller that you referred to um, about, you know, putting it in a a, uh, um, Roth IRA at Timothy plan And the only reason I say that is I recommend them because they're the only mutual fund company that you can diversify in various different kinds of funds and still be biblically responsible. They are sold out for our Lord and Savior. They are sold out for the last 25 years on being biblically responsible. So your money is not going to be investing in companies that are destroying the moral fiber of the country. And that's what we want to do. We, we look at this money as a blessing from God. He's giving us a stewardship responsibility for it. And, and we want to be pleasing to him in the way we invest it. So um, I, I would suggest something like that. And I think that would be a great, great idea for you. Thank you. Uh, now, do they have a phone number where I can contact them? Sure. Sure. Let me give you the number. It's uh, 
800-846-7526. And uh, that should help you. 800-846-7526. Thanks, Jimmy Lee. I sure do appreciate it. Uh, folks, we're, we're, uh, let's see if we can, we'll try to squeeze uh, uh, Matt in here, or is it Matt or Kathy? Kathy from West Virginia. Hey, Kathy. Thank you, Dan, for taking my call. Sure. Uh, real quickly, it's sort of similar. It's um, my daughter who's in early 20s. She's still a student. And um, I wanted to start a Roth IRA for her. And I didn't know if a banking, a bank would be a good place. But now it's listening to you about the Timothy Fund. Maybe that's far better to do than do it with the bank. So let me just, yeah, yeah, probably. It would probably be better for her because it would give her an opportunity to be a little more aggressive um, and, and uh, you know, do, do better in the long run because you have more opportunity to be in the market and, and uh, get some gains. But I would say this to you, Kathy, and I, I would just want to caution you on this. I think it's a great idea. I love that, that she wants to do that. It's very, very wise. But all I would say to you is remember, she's 20. She's going to go through some life-changing kinds of things. She may have children. She may get married. She may buy a house. You know, those kinds of things. And understand that this money is for her retirement. And um, so maybe she thinks she can put $40 a month in. Maybe she should think, well, I'll put $20 a month in. And I'll put $20 in my savings. So she could do a little bit of both. But I love the idea of getting started with it. I think it's a great idea. And I'll tell, her, I'll tell you, if you can keep her on focus to do that this early in her ret- for her retirement, she's going to be in great shape someday. And uh, so continue to encourage her to do that. Folks, I sure appreciate all of you being with us today. Have a great day. God bless. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under.